Welcome to the Alia Graphic Podcast. This is episode 81 and the very first one for 2024. I'm Jurgi Urrutia and I'm the Alia Graphic Novels and Comics convener. But before we get started, as a national group based across the land we call Australia, we would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of this land and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. I would specifically like to acknowledge the Bunurong people as the custodians of the land from where I'm speaking, and I pay respect to the elders past and present of all First Nation people across the land and thank them for their rich storytelling traditions and art. Uh, we need truth-telling and treaty. And uh, today with me, I've got James. How are you going, James? I'm going really well, yeah. Uh, welcome to, to the podcast for... Uh, 2024, I'd like to add my respects and specifically acknowledge the Wurundjeri people whose uh, land I'm speaking from um, for this. So, yeah, um, really looking forward to the to what Aliographic has in store for this year as well. So, yeah, let's – should we get into it? Uh, definitely. Just one thing uh, as well. Uh, uh, just this week I was actually um, – I went to the Connections uh, exhibition and anyone in Melbourne, if you're in Melbourne and you haven't been to the exhibition, please go. Uh, it's at the Loom uh, and it's Indigenous art and storytelling and it's just you know, amazing. I absolutely loved it. Um, it was really beautiful and moving. So highly recommend it. And uh, when's it there till? Do you remember? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, I'm just I'm just looking up the dates. I know that's now, not so helpful, I'll be able to but, say it. Yeah. No, that's okay. Uh, it's uh, until the fourth of February. By the looks of things, so be quick. Yeah, go there before it closes. It's really worth it. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, recent reads. Uh, let's start with that. Um, we started this tradition last year. Let's continue. Uh, what have you read recently? Uh, so since it feels like it's been ages since we've uh, done this, um, but over the and you know over the holiday break, there's usually a bit of time for reading. So I've got a got a few in there. So um, one of the ones I really enjoyed, um, I finally, in fact, two of the ones that are on, on my list are, are ones that I've finally got around to. Um, the first is War Bears by Margaret Atwood and Ken Stacey, which is um, uh, a historical um, graphic novel set in uh, the uh, in Canada in uh, during World War Two, um, and it looks at the what, what's considered the golden age of Canadian comic books through the eyes of a um, smallish publisher um, and the uh, fictional Nazi fighting superheroine. Arsenet, which I'm probably not saying quite right. It's a francophone um, name. Um, okay. So yeah, it's I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a really great, great one. It's um, lots of people know Margaret Atwood from from The Handmaid's Tale and other amazing um, books like that. Um, but she was a longtime comic reader, um, and in fact, has said a few times that she had always wanted to go into comics, but um, ended up in uh, literary fiction. So really nice that she's able to get back to it. And uh, this thing that's 
Um, she points to comics as, as an inspiration for a lot of her work. Um, cool. and it's really, really great. Well, uh, so there's this, there's, um, Angel Catbird, which is another amazing nod to, to the same sort of age of, of comics in a quite different way. So yeah, any, any of the stuff, any of the, um, graphic novels by Margaret Atwood are well worth a read. Another one that I've been read is I finally got around to The Midwinter Witch, which I have been meaning to, um, read. It's been on my shelf waiting to be read for so long and I finally, finally actually got around to it and well worth reading so that was by molly knox ostertag it's the third in the series that started with the witch boy and then the hidden witch now the midwinter witch and it uh was written to tie up the the series um finish it up uh as a conclusion and it's yeah very very satisfying conclusion but with plenty for molly to come back to if she decides she wants to uh write more in the future too yeah. which is which is nice um and the last one on my list is uh revenge of the librarians by tom gold which is uh a bit different to the others it's um so tom gold is uh you if even if you don't know who he is you've probably seen some of his stuff on social media and everything he does short comics uh, like uh three or four panels often looking at the literary and social things and uh just turning them on their, often turning them on their head a bit. Lots of the stuff around it said, um, confront, confront the spectres of failure, the wrath of social media, and other supernatural enemies of the author. And I think that gives you a really good idea of the yeah. sort of um, the sort of vignettes. Um, and it's just a, it is a, literally a, a book of of his of his cartoons that have, yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, appeared a lot on social media, but also in some fairly fairly major papers at times i think and stuff as well so yeah yes i actually read it in december as well and um and uh and uh then i was showing some of the cartoons to a few different librarians at work and yeah. we all had a good laugh so uh yeah, yeah. A really fun read definitely well me personally i've um i've actually been um going through all the amulet series um, by Kazu Kibuishi, because obviously the new one is coming out right at the start of February. Um, we've all been waiting for, you know, what is it, six years or something like that. Finally out soon, very, very soon. So I've just reread the whole series and uh, fell in love with it. Again, it's such a great series and uh, um, I can't wait to, to read the last one. Uh, I've also been catching up with Blue Lock. Uh, so I've read volumes two, three, four, and five, and had a lot of fun. Uh, it's such a great series, and it's actually the best uh, selling manga in Japan last year, in two thousand twenty-three. And yeah, it's it's a really fun series. I love football. I love the Hunger Games, and this is kind of a mix of both. So there you go. A lot of fun to be had. And the other one is um, I also read the last two volumes of Zelda Twilight Princess, which is now finished uh, with volume 11 by Akira Himekawa. And uh, like this is a series that um, my son read and he really loved it and he encouraged me to read it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really fun story. And um, I did the right thing in... Uh, waiting for the last two volumes to be read together because the last two volumes really read really well together. 
as the conclusion of the story. And um, yeah, that it was a beautiful read. So any fans of Zelda, uh, read it because it's a really good one. And in my library, it's been doing really, really well. It's, um, it's a series that uh, since we started getting it, it's been borrowed a lot by kids and it's always out. So definitely a good one for libraries. There are a lot of Zelda and Nintendo fans out there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good. Like I and I it's interesting, both our lists are a combination of new and old like new new releases and, and older stuff that we're that we're either rereading or or um finally getting around to. Um yeah. and and a and a combination of things that stand alone and things that are part of a greater series. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Lots of definitely. lots of lots of variation in there. Yeah. And look, uh, um, Molly Knox also the tag is always great. Um, <laughs> Tom Gold, as I said, always hilarious. And Margaret mm-hmm. Atwood, I haven't read that one, but I have. Um, I, I did read Angel Cutbird when it came out, and I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So should we move on to news? Sure. There's, there's. Well, we've got two months worth of news to uh, cover, but. Yeah. Um, which we uh, all obviously we're not going to do. No, no, <laughs> we're just we'll, going to talk about a couple of things. <laughs> we'll cover a couple of them. The, the rest will be available in on the uh, blog post, uh, the Roundup blog post. So that will combine the news from from December and January. Yes. Um, but I just want to highlight, um, as is usual around around this time of year, we've got a huge number of um, best of comics for for twenty twenty three. So as I said, the full lists, uh, the full list of lists will be available on our on our blog. Um, but uh, some of the highlights include um, no flying, no tights. Uh, their staff selections include things like um, Deb JJ Lee's In Limbo, Sarah Meyer's Monstrous, a transracial adoption story, and uh, and one of my personal favourites of the year, The Infinity Particle by Wendy Shu. Um, and these are titles that just we keep. They've they've popped up so many times uh, in in reviews and stuff like that as being just such great stories. Um, all of them well worth uh, seeing if you can get for your library. Um, and the same goes for S. Popverse. Uh, their list is incredibly varied. It's got superhero comic in Alan Scott, The Green Lantern by Tim Sheridan and Cyan Tomey. Uh, Emily Carroll's horror comic, A Guest in the House. Um, and... Then do a powerbomb by Daniel Warren Johnson, which is uh, a sports comic about pro wrestling, but it's more than that as well. It's a really interesting, yeah. really interesting title. Um, and then the Guardian tends to look at more of the literary type of um, graphic novels, but it mentions that many of the best ones this year um, dig into weird places. Um, it highlights Monica by Daniel Klaus and The Talk by Darren Bell, um, both of which are. Um, just exceptional, and as everything on these lists is um, well worth a read, well worth getting for your libraries. Um, yeah, and as I said, more there are plenty more um, lists, more great titles um, that we're that are included on the blog post. But uh, one of the really great things about the list this year that I thought is that um, how few of the titles are appearing on multiple lists. Um, these lists uh, had you know usually at least ten. Um, on them, and there was very little um, crossover between what the different the different lists were were highlighting, um, 
which just goes to show how diverse the comics and graphic novels um, industry is at the moment. They're being they're making something for everyone. As to paraphrase Ranganathan, every comic has its reader, and every reader their comic. So yeah, that's uh, that was my news highlight. Uh, what about you, Yergi? What have you um, found really interesting from the last couple of months? There's a lot to talk about, actually. But mm. uh, well, actually, one of the things um, uh, I really like looking at different lists from different places because, uh, and, and I really like the fact that that they're so different. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think that's a really good thing. Uh, obviously, different sources focus on different things, uh, and you know, it's it's interesting to to look at them. And uh, yeah, and as you said, there are more lists. Um, so I, I think we compiled a few different ones, where, which is worth checking out. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I'm a big fan of Daniel Close. And <laughs> so I'm, fa- I'm happy to see Monica there, of course. And I wanted to mention, it's, not, it's actually not in our script. I'm going off script, James, now. Uh, <laughs> it's not in our script, but I wanted to mention actually quickly. So uh, Angoulême, the festival in Angoulême is obviously the the biggest or the, the most important uh, comics festival in, in Europe and probably the most prestigious one as well, I would say, actually in the world. And, and their Grand Prix or the big uh, award that they um, announce every year, yeah, I would say is the most prestigious comics uh, award um, in the world. And uh, this year, uh, the Angoulême um, International Comics Festival announced three creators who were nominated to be in the Grand Prix, which is their big award for their whole body of, uh, of work. And uh, it was, Daniel Close was one of them. Uh, which I was very happy to see because uh, I love his work. Uh, also, Catherine uh, Maurice, uh, who is an amazing um, creator. Uh, not very well known in the English-speaking world, uh, although uh, now uh, I think a couple of her uh, books have now been translated to English. But yeah, with an amazing body of work. And Posse uh, uh, Simons. Is it Simons or Simons? Correct me. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I've read it. I've not heard it said. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 there you the go. Reader's, the reader's dilemma. How do you pronounce the author's name? Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, all three of them were nominated for it. Uh, all three of them uh, highly deserving of the award. Um, it was great to see uh, two female creators in the list as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, Posse uh, actually won the award which was mm. announced uh, a couple of days ago. Anyway, coming back to the, to the well, script. And, and well, before before we uh, we get to that, I'll, I'll go off script as well now and put you on the spot and say um, they're all fantastic, but what uh, they're all fantastic uh, comics and graphic novel creators. Um, what would be good play, good works to get by them for your collection if you aren't already across them? Oh, wow. Uh Oh, <laughs> you're really putting me on the spot now. I am, but it, but but I think it's uh, well worth because they're not because these are not necessarily uh, Daniel Klaus uh, or close uh, more more so. But these are possibly if you're not as familiar with with comics, um, okay. these are not likely to be names that you're you know as well. 
So I think it is worth worth us saying, hey, look, here are here are some like titles that you can that you can search for. See if you know, try and find in James Bennett or um, Peter Pearl or whatever, and uh, we'll and can can start to to get them into the collection. Yeah. So Catherine Marie's uh, there's not much that's published in English, um, and I'm not exactly sure. Well, which ones are published in English? Uh, the one that I know that is in English is called Lightness, and I highly recommend it. Really, really good. It's uh, it's just one graphic novel. She she was uh, a cartoonist in Charlie Hebdo, and uh, and so she was um, you know very deeply affected by what happened. Basically, Lightness was kind of her way of working through um, what happened. So I highly recommend that one. And Fossi uh, Simmons, obviously people know Tamara Drew and that, that they made um, a film of that as well. That's a really good one. And uh, Gemma Bovary as well, really good one. Any, actually. Cassandra Dark, also great. Uh, I don't know. I, I love them all, <laughs> actually. Am I allowed to go back on, on to the screen? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I think one of the big things last year uh, that was being discussed a lot in social media was that comics are dying or comics are in crisis. And look, it, it's true that uh, um, in, in the US there are a lot of comic stores that are struggling, cannot be denied. Um, and there are always multiple factors for these things. It's not one thing. So I've been reading a few different articles about this and thinking about it. And and I think rather than a crisis, I think that what we're seeing is actually a change. And so I, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Just recently, Heartstopper Volume 5 uh, was recently published and broke all records in the UK. So a, it was a massive, uh, big seller. And it actually broke all records. Uh, the new Wings of Fire Volume 5, uh, I'm not sure it's Volume 5, but the new Wings of Fire Volume was recently the best-selling book in the US, um, actually. And for three consecutive years, comics have topped the best-selling book charts in France. If that wasn't enough, three years in a row, in 2023, it's not actually one, but it's actually two. The two top positions were taken by two French comics. Yeah, and and just to, to go back, so you said uh, Heartstopper broke all records in the UK. That's that's not just comics publishing records. That's general industry records, isn't it? That you're talking about. It's not. This isn't. That wasn't uh, just for clarity. Yeah, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, in the United States, sales of comics have been breaking records in recent years. So they've been selling more than ever. But interestingly, sales were down in 2023 a little bit. Not by much. We will get more data soon. Uh, but yeah, I think it was something like, uh, I'm quoting from memory now, but I think it was something like 2.3%. Uh, but yeah, a little bit down. It's important to know that they were still 10% higher than in any year before COVID. Uh, so comic stores are worried. Uh, many are facing a crisis, but, uh, you know, as I said, there are multiple reasons, and I don't think that um, you know things are as bad as um, they seem. 
One of the main things that's been discussed is the fact that uh, the comics market is changing. Uh, and while periodicals and, and comic store sales were always higher than in the bookstore market, sales in the bookstore market uh, have been higher since 2019. So what we're seeing is that sh- uh, sales have been shifting from comic stores to bookstores. And now uh, more comics are being sold in bookstores than in comic stores. Obviously, all this is in the US, yeah? I, I think there's a lot of, uh, I, I think a lot of what we're seeing from the US is applying here. Like from what I've seen, um, you know, you see um, comics are being promoted more in, in regular bookstores. Um, they're given more space, more more attention. Yeah. Um, so I, I I think that's, it's it's fair to say that that US data, while it's not going to be exact to Australia, is is indicative of what we're seeing here as well. Yes, I, I believe so too. And mm. I think that uh, the growth in the book market can be attributed, in my opinion, to two things. One, the best-selling graphic novels are mostly sold in the book market. Uh, so these include all the scholastic titles. So, you know, all the scholastic titles, Dave Pilkey, Raina Togemaya, all those big sellers, right? And the kids that have grown up reading those things and reading things like Amulet, they then continue reading graphic novels and they're more likely to buy comics in the bookstore. So I think that's one thing. Uh, and of course, it also includes things like Laurel Olympus and Heartstopper, which are big bestsellers. And most people will be buying those uh, also in uh, bookstores. And on the other hand, we see the increased prominence of anime through Crunchyroll, Netflix, Prime Video. Like anime is so much more available now than ever before. And I think because of that, we're also seeing huge sales of manga, which is really dominating the sales uh, charts in the U.S., and most manga buyers also buy in bookstores. Uh, so I think what we're seeing is a change in that aspect. And the other big change that is an interesting one as well is that in Japan, a different kind of change is happening. Uh, sales of print manga have been in decline for the last three years. But sales of manga in the digital market have been increasing for the last five years. And every year has been higher than the the one before. Uh, So they're having a huge change there from print to digital in Japan. I think that will take longer to uh, in the US. I don't see that trend happening yet. But but yeah, these are changes uh, that are happening. And uh, an article that we're going to link on our blog post is uh, written by Heidi McDonald, Heidi McDonald from The Beat, um, who has been kind of, you know, thinking about all these things as well. And I thought that her article was interesting and it's part of an ongoing kind of discussion that's happening um, on social media and, uh, you know, on places like The Beat and Publishers Weekly. So, yeah, interesting changes happening. And I think that we can see that... um, yeah, in libraries we can see that graphic novels like they're incredibly popular. So they're not going anywhere. I don't think we should be talking about doom and gloom. I think I'm more hopeful. <laughs> but then again, I don't own a comic store and it's not a <laughs> it's not a business. So it's easier for me to be more hopeful, I guess. 
But yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think uh, it's there's there is an element, and I don't want to oversimplify here, but I think also there is an element that as the readership changes, um, so bookstores are very used to changing for readerships. I think a lot of comic bookstores have become somewhat complacent in in the readers that they have had and um, the comics publishers have perhaps some of the major comics publishers have perhaps historically not made it the most welcoming space for new people um, and I think that what we're seeing is a lot of the comic book stores that are still in that mindset are really struggling a lot more than the ones that are more able, more able and willing to embrace some of these newer readers who, yeah, they're going to bookstores, but chances are if the bookstore runs out, the comic book store is, is, uh, is where they'll go next because, you know, the bookstores have one, maybe two copies. The comic book store has many more. Um, so yeah. when you're like, they're a specialist Retailers, so they're if if people are not going to them first, they're often going to them mm. once once they've you know they've found a series that they like, they want to find this extra thing of it. They'll they'll try the the comic book store, and the ones that are yeah. embracing that are being hit, still being hit, but being hit less hard than than the ones that are clinging to what I would say are fairly outdated attitudes from from the stores. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, uh, like in, in some comic stores when that you know they have like a manga club mm. or LGBT club or uh, even a children's uh, graphic novels mm. club, uh, you know, the, if if you engage um, your community with things like that, um, uh, I think that will be good for the store as well. But yeah, look, it, it, it's a it's a complicated debate. Uh, and and uh, I think we'll see more of this uh, happening. And I think part of the problem is also that um, when COVID hit and uh, DC uh, decided to abandon Diamond, who was the main distributor of comics in the world for comic stores, uh, and then Marvel as well decided to change, uh, uh, away from Diamond, and it's just created a bit of a mess. And then there's also, which is maybe something that we can talk about some other day, there's also a big mess in terms of the kind of metadata because uh, different publishers of comics use different methods uh, with metadata and, uh, and sales data and metadata are a mess in the comics world from what I've heard. And it's actually something that they're actually working on. And apparently the publishers are kind of on board, it seems, at the moment. And they want to fix this as well uh, so that we can have better sales data of comics and better uh, and consistent metadata you know, for comics. Yeah, well, well, I mean, it, I, and that just benefits everyone, like from... from... The librarians who are trying to work out whether to have something in the collection to the publishers trying to work out whether to renew a series and stuff. Everyone, the clearer the data and the more accessible it is, the better. Bookstores, like as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that we have to tell librarians this. We're all across the metadata. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Anyway, um, look, it's an interesting discussion, and um, and uh, there will be more this year. The discussion will continue. 
and uh, we'll keep an eye on it. And I always like to look at sales data and trends and things like that. Um, it, it's interesting to look at those things. Now, there are more news in our blog post, as we mentioned before, but we should be moving to new titles. Um, and should I start? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. So this month, we actually have two new titles with Australian traders. So we're starting the year pretty well. And the first one is Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's Library by Chris Grubenstein and Douglas Holgate, uh, which is published by Penguin Australia. And the other one is actually my favorite pick for this month, and it's In Utero. Great album by Nirvana, actually my favorite Nirvana album, uh, but also now a new graphic novel by Chris Gooch, published by Top Shelf. And Chris Gooch is a creator from Melbourne, and uh, this is his third graphic novel with Top Shelf. Now, anyone who's heard me talk about Chris in the past knows that I'm a big fan of his work. I really love everything he's published. So, of course, expectations were very high going into this one. And I have to say that he hasn't disappointed at all. I've had the pleasure of already reading the book, and it's absolutely awesome. I really, really loved it. But what is it about? Two years after a, a disastrous explosion, young Haley is dropped off by her mom at a holiday camp in a dilapidated shopping mall. Alienated from the other kids, she connects with an eerie, older teen named Jen. But soon... Dark horrors awaken and the two new friends are caught up in a cataclysmic battle between two terrifying creatures who have been lying dormant all this time. So once again, Chris tackles um, another genre with his usual flair and style and that perfect balance that he knows how to achieve between a generous story with really well-paced and well-done character work uh, Chris is excellent at drawing out little moments and making them resonate. And the promo materials describe this as Akira meets Aliens and Annihilation meets Evangelion. But if anyone's read Otomo's Domu, which he did before Akira, uh, I, I feel like the book is definitely more inspired by, by that than Akira. And Chris actually agrees. As well. Um, so, look, I don't want to say much more, but I highly recommend this title and uh, we'll be publishing a creative chat with Chris Gooch very soon. So, keep an eye out for our YouTube channel and uh, our podcast feed. And look, it, it's a great book. It's a, a coming of age story, but it's also a monster story with a bit of horror. And it's a young adult book. It's a young graphic novel. So, yeah, highly recommend it. Really enjoyed it. What about you, James? Uh, well, the one that st stood out to me, uh, it's coming out. Uh, it still isn't out yet, so I haven't, I haven't had a chance to read it. But um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's called Zodiac, a graphic memoir. And it's by Ai Weiwei, uh, Iletta Stamboulis, and... Gianluca Costantini, which I've probably said at least one of those names wrong, so my apologies. But um, hopefully they're close enough to not be 
you know, um, and it's going to be uh, Tundra Books and Random House, uh, the ones publishing it. So it's um, so it's Ai Weiwei's um, mem- graphic memoir. So for those who don't know, Ai Weiwei is a contemporary artist from China. Um, he's also a documentarian and an activist. Um, he grew up in the far northwest of China um, because in fairly terrible conditions um, because his father had been exiled there. Um, his father was a poet and under the the Mao Zedong's revolution, um, he was considered an, an enemy of communism and they were sent sent away um, for this. He, Ai Weiwei himself has been very um, openly critical of the Chinese government's stance on democracy and on human rights. And uh, he's produced a number of documentaries covering this um, and the majority of his work, uh, uh, his artwork, um, touches on on um, this as well. So um, that's kind of uh, the background and um, the graphic novel itself, Zodiac, um, it's... As much as it's telling Ai Weiwei's story, it's also telling a greater story about the connection between artistic expression and intellectual freedom. And it's using uh, the lens of the Chinese zodiac to do this. And this is something that Ai Weiwei has done in quite a few of his artworks: is is um, is look at the Chinese zodiac. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be another one that is I'm fairly sure going to be very different to what people usually think of when they think of comics and graphic novels yeah um and yeah i just i really think it's going to be um an interesting uh interesting story it looks the, really really interesting and it's yeah. getting a lot of buzz so yeah lots, um, lots that's of... definitely a, a good mm. one. and and look um obviously there are a lot more titles in 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 the list uh and published this month and uh, we actually compiling december and january together but yeah check out the the blog post with everything but one thing that really stood out for me uh, actually and just focusing in the other graphic novels like there are some really amazing graphic novels being published so obviously the one that you just highlighted but also like uh, one of my colleagues at the library is dying to read uh pete townsend's uh lifehouse so mm. townsend from the who and uh, and so you know th- this is a graphic novel about a concept that they had uh, that I believe it's it, it was meant to be like the sequel to uh, Quadrophonia, and uh, and um, yeah, so it, it will be really interesting to to read that one. And another one that I uh, that really stood out for me as well is Homicide, the uh, the graphic novel part two by David Simon and Philippe Squarzoni. And obviously, David Simon, like one of the best screenwriters of the last two decades, uh, with uh, obviously the creator of The Wire and Trem, um, incredible writer. And so, you know, this graphic novel, like I'm actually dying to to read um, this graphic novel adaptation as well. And it's um, the first time that David Simon is doing this. Uh, and another one is uh, The Armadillo Prophecy. Uh, by Zero Calque. Uh, Zero Calque, hardly, um, n- not very well known in the English speaking world, 
uh, but incredibly, incredibly, incredibly popular in Europe, um, uh, Italian creator. So uh, it's interesting that uh, they're starting to publish this in English now as well. So, um, yeah, and very varied uh, graphic novels. So I think um, it's amazing. Like we're starting the year really, really well with lots of amazing books to read. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the, and and absolutely everything from armadillo prophecies to zodiac memoirs. So <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, A to Z. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, lo lots of great stuff. So um, it's really exciting. There and there are always new things being published and really amazing things. So now, um, before we go, because we should go, uh, mm. let's not uh, make it too long. Uh, before we go, we want to announce that we actually have a new website now. It's not completely finished, uh, but we are moving everything there and we'll be fixing things up and adding more content soon. The new website is graphic.alia.org.au. And I'll repeat that, graphic.alia.org.au. And of course, the link will be in the show notes as well not totally finished but that's where we're moving uh, everything into now and um, we're really excited um, to have this new website and we'll have more resources there soon now we're also changing the alia graphic book club so james would you like to explain what's happening um with that yeah so uh while the book club has been popular um, and people, and we've had some great feedback about um, people finding it useful. Uh, one of the problems has been that there aren't good times for everyone to attend. So um, this is this has resulted in we've had discussions with uh, quite small numbers, um, which don't make for like that. That's not the best discussion. We want to try and um, have as many viewpoints as as we can. So we're looking at doing it in a different way and with the new website we're looking at including on that website essentially a forum or discussion board sort of thing so we'll have the uh, book club run as an asynchronous uh, discussion so rather than it being an hour once a month we'll hopefully get it up at the start of the month and leave the let the discussion happen over the month and give people the opportunity to to weigh in as much or as little as they like during that month. And then we'll probably close that discussion at towards the end of the month when the or at the start of the following month when the new one starts, just so that it's not for the logistics of us running it, but we'll be we'll have to um we can't have, you know, an entire year's worth of the discussions open at once and being trying to moderate it all. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, we'll it'll still the plan is to still make it monthly, um, and, but the format will change and all of that will be on the new website as well. So, yeah, looking forward uh, to looking forward to seeing how this new uh, new format works. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about this and I think it will work um, pretty well. Mm. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not ready to go yet. Uh, so... Um, just watch this space and we will announce when it's ready to go. Yep, that's it. Yes. Uh, well, that was a great catch up, uh, James. And I think we've got some exciting plans for this year. Uh, we yeah, can't lots announce of... 
Anything? Yeah, lots to look forward to both from Alia Graphic and more generally in the in the comics world. I think. Yeah. Don't forget to check out the Sonyu It Isn't Finished Yet site <laughs> and follow us on our socials on Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube. And um, thank you everyone for listening. And don't forget to light up your whole brain and read comics. Thanks for joining me today, James. Great discussion. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been fantastic.